Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I am so freaking stoked. I have an interview for you guys and This one just absolutely blew my mind. I'm so excited for you to hear it. It's definitely one of my favorite interviews I have done, and I'm so excited to introduce Kian to all of you. So Kian actually has an extremely powerful and incredible story, but he is an elite athlete, an entrepreneur, a certified holistic nutritionist, a performance coach, and an international public speaker. And his story is really powerful because he actually spent his entire life building up to joining the NFL and trained for his whole life. It was his childhood dream and he finally got his dream. He was accepted into the NFL and the same day that dream was stolen from him, completely taken away in a matter of hours. So he talks a lot about how this impacted his life and how this created a rock bottom and how he was able to take this rock bottom and turn his life around because I know a lot of us right now might be experiencing rock bottoms with the pandemic and the economy and everything that's happening in the world. So this is a very powerful, powerful, powerful conversation that we had and we also dove a lot into spirituality and what it looks like to be a masculine leader and spiritual at the same time and also some really interesting topics around disease and how our thoughts can change our DNA. Yes, our thoughts can change our DNA, right? We actually have so much control over disease and health, so much more than we typically learn growing up. So this conversation is just full of wisdom. Make sure you listen to the very end because this entire episode is just jam-packed with juicy details and so much practical application so you can actually go out and change your life right now today. So Without further ado, here is Kian. Welcome to the Pursuit of Bliss podcast, Kian. I'm so excited to have you here and for this conversation. Chris, and thank you so much for having me. I know we're on uh, opposite sides of the US, but we're here on the Zoom call, ready to roll, and I'm excited to share some awesome information with your audience. Definitely. I know you've got so much wisdom. And before we get into it, if you want to first kind of just share with the listeners who you are and what you do and a little bit about you. Yeah. So to start off, I am currently living in Miami Beach. I spent the last year and a half living in South America in Medellin, Colombia. And before that, I was living in Miami. Before that, I had a short stint in the NFL. So I have kind of a weird story that uh, we take a lot of time to share the whole thing, but a long story short, I'm a guy from a small town in South Dakota, the middle of nowhere, that had dreamed to play in the NFL. And I made it all the way there and then had it ripped from underneath me by being told that I had a neck injury. I was told that if I would have continued to play, I was at a risk factor of 3.5 out of 4 to get paralyzed. So that ended my career in the NFL. 
I went back home and I, I initially was a finance major in college and thought I wanted to be a financial analyst, realized that was not for me. And I decided to get into the health industry. I picked up a book called uh, The Biology of Belief, talking about something called epigenetics, epa meaning above genes. So talking about how our perception of our environment and the inputs from our environment, whether it be the food we eat, the exercise we have, our thoughts, um, smoking, drink, all that kind of stuff, determine the outcome of our genes and how a lot of people think the conventional way of way of being of, you know, my parents had this, my mom had this, my dad had, my cousin had depression, that, that, all these different things uh, shape our genes, but actually we have so much more control over our genetic outcome than, than we could possibly imagine. So that book really inspired me to dive deep into the health industry and share a message of empowerment through understanding ourselves a little more uh, and moving to Miami, Florida as a personal trainer, which gave me my into that industry. And then dove deeper in the nutritional side of things, started to get involved with people with different autoimmune conditions and digestive disorders, and helping them nutritionally work through uh, the health conditions they had. And then here's my shot to dive into the mental emotional side, found out that a lot of people that didn't get the long-term results nutritionally with some of their conditions had something much deeper going on. And that was something stemming from the mental emotional place um, that was manifesting in their physical bodies. So Diving into the mental emotional side was really something that I was passionate about because it was a source of most of the issues people were experiencing. And then being in Miami, being around uh, a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners, uh, I was finding that a lot of them were dealing with some deep emotional stuff that was pre preventing them from actually enjoying all the success that they were having uh, monetarily, but also uh, with their careers. So dove into that elements of things a little bit more and and then I uh, ended up moving to Colombia for a year when I fully went online with that and met a couple of people, a couple of clients there and then clients online and was able to uh, live really where anywhere I wanted. But then realized I wanted to be in with people. Uh, the online game was fun, but the wanting to actually like, be around the people I'm working with and, and uh, more people in that way was something I wanted to do, which brought me back to Miami. And I'm in Miami Beach now. And that brings us to today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Such a journey. I really, you've just done so many things and I want to get into a lot of that because there's, you just have so much wisdom to offer. But first I want to go back to the very beginning to the original story, you talking about the NFL, because I know, especially right now, there's a lot of people with this quarantine and the pandemic and everything going on who felt like they've kind of hit a rock bottom where they've lost a job or their business is, you know, gone, or, you know, there's a lot of people who are just kind of in the midst of that struggle right now. So I think they can probably really relate to that story and you having kind of everything that you'd worked for taken away. So, you know, what was that experience like and how did you bounce back from that? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. I'm really excited to dive into that. But I think like the first thing is just like accepting. It's just like, oh, I hit rock bottom. Or like, oh, like I, I have nowhere else I can go with this. Like, and that's okay. Like I'm here in this space and that's it. And I, I remember telling you on a uh, previous chat that we had, what I did was is the first thing I did after I bawled my eyes out, uh, after I got the news, I wouldn't be able to play again. But I just went and had a cheeseburger and fries by myself in a restaurant. And I just like, just felt it, felt everything like, oh, I feel like kind of relief because of a lot of pressure I previously put on myself. I feel... Uh, a little bit lost because I'm not sure where to go next. I feel and just just allowed myself to like feel that and accept that that was my reality. And I think that was probably like the biggest first step is that because I think a lot of people fight that and they're like, no, I can't accept that. 
that would mean I have to let go part of my ego or part of my identity if I accept that. No, don't, I can't. They, they hold on, they hold on longer than you have to. So just accepting that it's, it's a change in seasons for you and it's a, it's a change in, in your reality and letting go of that, that old identity and accepting it uh, allows you to one, move on quicker, but also two, allows whatever, you know, I'm sure you, you teach this being so good at teaching the manifestation side of things, but just accepting where you're at currently to be able to move past that, to bring in whatever's next, right? You can't really bring in what's next. You don't accept where you're at. So I think that's probably one of the, one of the biggest things is that first step was just like, let myself feel that and accept that that was the reality of the situation. Yeah. And I think that's really important and not always talked about because, you know, I think at least for me in my life, like those moments I've had, it's hard to accept it because accepting it means feeling the emotions and feeling the feels. And I think a lot of us grow up not allowing ourselves to feel emotions. That was me for most of my life. I was like, it's not safe to be vulnerable. It's not safe to cry. It's not safe to feel bad. And I want to feel good. So I push it away. And if we push the emotions away, right, we're pushing away the acceptance at the same time. Like we can't grow through that. So what was that experience like for you, like allowing yourself to feel those emotions? And I know you said you were crying and um, what, what did that look like for you and how were you able to go from, okay, acceptance and like feeling these emotions to, okay, what's that next step in turning this around? Looking back in hindsight, I might not have let myself feel enough. And I think now I'm kind of like experiencing, a, not, I would say the repercussions, but I've, I've had to go back. I've had to retrace a little bit um, to work through some of the things that I hadn't worked through because football for me was everything, right? Like I, since I was in third grade, I said, that's what I wanted to do. So uh, I would imagine you probably need more than like three or four days mm-hmm. to fully move on from something. And uh, I think I you know, was in a place where I just always did. The more I did, the more success I had. Right. So I operated from that place of doing. Uh, and so I figured, okay, if, I, if I'm not receiving love, then I must do something more. I need to do more. I need to do more. I need to do something. I need to do something. I need to do something. And that's what I did. Now there wasn't some, something wrong with me doing that entirely, but I might not have let myself like grieve long enough. Um, but what I did was I, after I let myself feel for a few days, it was in my parents' basement and just hung out and ate kind of whatever I wanted. And because I wasn't on my strict way of eating anymore and, and let myself just kind of be. Uh, I decided to just ride my bike to the library and read. And I, there's a few people that I've talked to that have had similar situations when they hit that rock bottom after they've hit that acceptance point, just like picking up a book and reading and whatever it may be. Um, I know for you, you said it was the new earth. That was That's me, what really yeah. hit it for you. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was the biology of belief that I spoke about earlier, but it started with me just picking up a book about something I was interested in. I was interested yeah. in like health and wellness. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick up a book about that. And that led me to another book, led me to another book, which led me to the biology of belief, which inspired me to take action. Right. So reading uh, until you, until that gets you to a point of inspired action, I think is something really powerful that, that you can do as a next step. Right. So I think it's incredible. You just follow your passions. You weren't trying to find, okay, what's next career for me? You were just like, what am I interested in? And yeah, that, that was my experience too. When I hit my rock bottom a few years ago, I started reading two to three books a week and it changed my whole life. And yeah, a new earth was the one that shifted everything. And I know yours is a biology of belief, which I haven't read yet, but what about that book shifted everything for you? Like, what was it that you took away that inspired you to go take that action or whatever it was that changed your life? I love unconventional information and I love being like, per se, like different or discovering something that's different or bringing something uh, that is truth into the world. Like I'm, I'm a huge, like 
truth, authenticity. I really try to like step into that. I might not always be the best at it, but I try my best. Right. And so I think the fact that I read some information that pieced the science with the mystical, as far as your thoughts, controlling your biology and thoughts, controlling the outcome of your life really blew my mind. Cause I was familiar with a lot of concepts, concepts of like, you know, what you believe you become and uh, all the mystical stuff. Right. But it's it, my brain needed more than that to really like fully believe it in a sense. And so when I was able to actually read the science behind how all of it works and how it works from a genetic standpoint, and how you can literally change your genes through different ways of thinking and being in different inputs, like that's what really inspired me that, that piece, the mystical with uh, the science. I think that was so cool to be able to come to terms with. Cause I'm like, Holy shit. Like this mystical stuff, like there's something to this, yeah. right? Cause it, it can actually be explained by the science, which is crazy. And, and because so many people, they try to separate the two. They, they say spiritual mystical side over here and science over here, but like science actually explains a lot of really cool mystical spiritual things that uh, a lot of people are missing out on if they don't give themselves a chance to dive into. Right. And I, I love this because it, it was similar for me. When I first started learning about manifestation, I started diving into quantum physics and learning about how manifestation was actually explained on a scientific level. And I can't like really like sit here and explain it to you. Quantum physics is so confusing, but I read enough of it to really wire in that belief. Cause my brain is like you, I need that scientific basis of it. Cause I was always like, Oh, you know, spirituality. It's so woo woo. Like it's stupid. You know, people who believe that they just, you know, their heads are in the clouds. And for me, that was wired in so deep that I needed some of that scientific background. And that really helped me. So I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is they want to believe this stuff, but it doesn't feel real enough. And I think that's where the science comes in and it can be combined. So I guess for you, like what, what is that connection that you found between, I know you said there's a lot of like mystical spiritual things that are connected to science. Like what are those things or what are the biggest ones that you found that you were able to accept now that you found that scientific background to it? Mm, that's a phenomenal question. I don't know if I've been asked that before. I think the biggest piece was the element of uh, the prevention of disease. Mm. That really got me excited. For me, I, I, like prostate cancer, I know is something that you know, runs in my family or people have consistently gotten. And that was due to a personality type, uh, a way of being that's been developed through uh, perfectionism and those kinds of things based off things that have happened through my generational uh, portion of my family. But I think the part of realizing that like, just because there are certain elements of disease in my family does not make me 100% likely to get it. Uh, and I explained on uh, the previous podcast that I was on, but uh, if you can imagine it, how, how that actual process works, each gene that we have doesn't have a set way of being. So just because you have a certain disease that runs in your family or that's genetic doesn't mean that that version of the gene is going to be expressed. And so think about it like a color spectrum, each gene. You have black on one end, you have white on the other. And depending on how you treat yourself, are you exercising, are you drinking water, are you eating healthy, are you not smoking, how, are you having good quality relationships, do you meditate and take time to breathe, all those different things are going to determine which element of the gene or what part of the spectrum is going to be expressed. So you might have breast cancer down here uh, on the white side, way down here. But the only way that version of the gene is going to be expressed 
is if your lifestyle allows that to happen. So if you're eating crappy food, if you're surrounded in uh, polluted air, if you're always in polluted areas of, of bad air quality, not exercising, all those kinds of things, that allows that version of a gene to express itself because our genetic expression is based off of adapting to the environment, right? How are we perceive our environment or whatever's coming in is going to determine the version of the gene that's expressed, okay? So if you never allow that version of the gene to express itself, if you're, if you're, have healthy relationships, if you're eating good, if you're exercising, all those kinds of things, you're doing all you can to, to make sure those things are good. That version of the gene may never express itself. So just because it's in your genome or just because it's in your genes doesn't mean it's going to express itself, right? So I think that was probably one of the most powerful parts was the um, breaking free of the idea of disease from my family, having, having that running in my family, but recognizing, identifying as more of a personality flaw uh, than anything. That was the pressure that was put on us by uh, by years and years of uh, people having to take on responsibilities that they shouldn't have been taking on earlier uh, years of age that continue to pass down and, and with generational traumas. So uh, it's crazy how when you really dive into that stuff that um, the disease isn't as uh, you're not for sure going to get it. It's, it's not because black and white. Energy. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's powerful. Because I know most of us, or at least I grew up believing that if it's in your family history, it's basically like, you know, you're going to get it, right? Like you have a high chance of getting it if it's in your family history. And so that's powerful to be like, wait a second, I actually have control over this, right? I can take that power back. And I know you touched or you mentioned this before is thoughts and beliefs. So does that have anything to do with disease? Like the thoughts that we're thinking and the things that we believe about ourselves or the disease? Absolutely. I, I would say it's probably one of the number one factors uh, that when it comes to getting disease, it's your perception of your environment. That's why, I mean, there's been studies that have been done on twins that have grown up and in the same environments, but one ended up getting disease and the other one didn't. And they ended up finding that the perception of the one that ended up getting disease was much more of a negative outlook and perception on life. Same genetic code, but a completely different ideology surrounding how they live. So uh, I think that's probably one of the number one factors I would say, because then that plays into how you're eating. That plays in how you're exercising. If you're exercising, it plays into uh, the amount of water you have and your relationships is how you feel about yourself. Right. So that's like the foundation of, of all of it is your perception surrounding how you believe um, yourself to be. Are you somebody full of love or are you somebody that's full of hate? You know, when I say hate, as far as like thinking everything around you is scary. Are you afraid to try something new? Are you afraid to step into the unknown? Are you afraid by this person and that person and that idea and that, like, are you living in that place of fear and scarcity, right? Genetically, that makes a difference. If people talk about not living in fear and scarcity, well, genetically, it actually plays a huge role in that. Uh, because if your environment is perceived as being negative and scary and bad, your genes are going to respond in that way. And your genes get that input based off of how you're thinking, how you're feeling and what you're putting in, right? They, they don't really have independent thoughts. It's, it's how you, it's your control over that. That determines how those genes express themselves. So yeah, if your thoughts surrounding yourself aren't healthy, then it's going to reflect in uh, your genetic expression. Wow. So basically what you're saying is your thought patterns can change your DNA or change the way your genes express themselves. Boom. That is yeah. it. That is all of that crazy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you explained that so well, because this is, I mean, I feel like this is a very complicated topic, like the science of it, but I've never heard it explained the way you explained it. That was amazing. 
Um, but yeah, once again, that is so powerful to hear. So for anyone who's listening, who's like, oh my goodness, you know, I have this and this and this disease in my family and I've grown up terrified that I'm going to get this disease. What are some action steps or some things they can start looking at because just hearing, okay, we need to get out of fear. We need to get out of scarcity that can feel overwhelming. So what are some small steps that we can actually look at our lives and find these small ways to change? I think one of the, one of the big things for me is like being able to look at and identify certain elements of personality traits and people that have disease. And I mean, if you want, we could hold this whole nother topic, but there's, there's an ideology behind a certain personality traits bring on certain types of diseases. So based off of uh, your way of being able to determine what type of disease you can actually get, which is crazy stuff. Um, but looking at people that have certain types of like cancers, for example, like you look at breast cancer, you look at prostate cancer, you look at colon cancer, some of these really prevalent cancers. And a lot of these people that end up getting cancer, either one are type A, hardcore, self-sacrificing. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to this goal. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I'm not going to listen to my body. I'm just going to push, 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 and just keep going. So I can't go anymore, right? And my body's going to do the super high amounts of stress. And then I end up getting cancer or the other end of the spectrum. It's the people that are extremely submissive. They're like, oh, okay, well, yes, I'm gonna do this for you. I'll do that for you. I'll, I'll sacrifice myself for you and you and you and you. It doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter what I need as long as I'm caring for my children and my, and my spouse and my friends and everybody else is first, right? Everybody else is first. I'm, I'm last, right? So I'm gonna sacrifice myself, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice for everybody else. And you look at those two types of personalities on both ends of the spectrum, those tend to be the ones that have the highest amounts of heart disease and cancer, which is crazy, right? Yeah. So looking at like, at some of these like personality traits and being like, wow, like, okay, my mom has been somebody that's like, really submissive that never lived anything that she really wanted just kind of sacrifice herself for everybody around her uh and, and really like come to terms with some of that stuff right and, and, and it's really healthy too to be able to do that because it helps us see our people closest to us in more of a real way or right? we want to think our parents are are, are gods in, in our eyes right that prevents us from seeing the truth in a lot of ways so really seeing like wow my mom does this or my dad like he can't express himself like my dad can't express he, he told me he loves me once, you know, like he clearly has some issues with being able to express love and emotion. Like there's something to that, right. That inability to express emotion or, um, stop and check in with yourself and see how you're doing it. And if your needs are being met, right. There's something to those different ways of being, uh, that are really important to be aware of. So being aware of some of those things, like, okay, I see my mom is, I see my dad is this, and they struggle with this. Like, okay, maybe there's some truth to that. And my mom eats like shit. Maybe there's some truth to that as far as why she has some of these diseases, right? Like looking at like just the facts of how people are living and how they're being can start to really like make things more real. And you're not as living in as much of a fantasy world. You can really, that's when you can start to take more accountability too. Right? So, okay, well, the equivalent of me eating like this equals this or me being like this equals this, right? So you can start to like become aware of that stuff. I think is, uh, really important because you can start to see it in yourself too, right? We always see it in other people first, right? But then you can start to see it in yourself and, and make adjustments. And that's where it gets tricky, the adjustment side of it, right? That's where like, it's easy for me to sit here and say these things, but like the really tough part is the, the true application of mastering the self, right? So, but having a good understanding of this stuff is really important to, yeah. to be aware of, to get the ball, the, the ball rolling, 
but then it gets into the the nuts and bolts of it, which is the the fun part for me. I love right. That. And that's where I was going to go next, but you know, yeah, awareness is always the first step. And so what it sounds like you're saying is it's important to almost task your mind to start looking for examples of this in life, right? So you can start to show your brain examples of, Oh, you know, this person does have this personality type. Maybe that did feed into their illness, you know, because we usually have these deep seated beliefs of, you know, disease just is, it just happens. So we want to first task our mind, like create that new belief that, Oh wait, there are other factors, create that awareness and then go into actually mastering the self. And I want to pick your brain on this because great. So this is amazing so far. Let's say people are like, oh, wow, that sounds like me. I'm totally submissive. That was me most of my life. Or I'm totally type A or I'm I'm resonating with what you're saying. Then what's the next step? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the times when people are on one end of the spectrum or another, um, there isn't a lot of time spent in solitude of thought. And I think when you have the awareness and understanding that your actions ultimately determine your future and how you do have way more control over your biology and your future than, than you could possibly imagine. Uh, next is sitting in solitude and just asking yourself, what am I doing that could be potentially causing me to step into this place of, of, uh, of disease uh, and all of this, like things that I don't want anymore, right? Or attracting people that are constantly stepping on me because I'm super submissive and I'm giving out that vibration to the world. So I think that's really, really important is that solitude. Um, I would, I would say hire a good coach. Like I have a coach, right? My, myself personally, like that would be my number one thing is somebody that's a, trained, that's done this, that can give you guidance. Like that's probably the number one things I would say, but if you don't do that, then just simply in the times when you feel anxious or like starting to feel like you want to go back to your addictive behavior that prevents you from feeling what it is you need to feel, uh, sit in solitude and just let yourself just like feel that, like whatever you're feeling. Oh, when I'm not, when I'm not helping somebody over the top, I, I kind of feel like I'm not worthy. Like, I feel like I have to do that to prove to myself that I'm worth something. Right. So, oh, why do, why, why do I have to do that? And like literally just like having that conversation with yourself, like I'll literally sit there and just like close my eyes and just like, feel in my body and that, you know, that's kind of like neck, like out there and next level stuff, maybe. but like, it's just having that conversation with yourself, like in solitude and you're going to want to go back to that behavior right away. It's going to be uncomfortable. Like for me, it's food. Like I always like to run from that, that feeling that I'm experiencing that, that negative emotion. I always want to go to food, but um, some people might be social media or whatever it is, but just like not letting yourself do that. And just like sitting when you feel that feeling of like, I need to help somebody or I need to do something for somebody else, or I need to post more content. A lot of the entrepreneurs like need to post more content. I need to do this, I need to do that. I need to go, go, go. Just sit, stop, and just ask yourself the question, why is this happening? Why do I feel like I need to do this to be accepted by myself, right? Having that conversation, you'll get a lot of answers that way. Uh, and just write, and just write. Whatever comes to you, just write, and just flow, and don't judge. Whatever comes to you, just write. I think that's really easy to do too, is like, you know, when we start to get answers from our solitude and being in the quiet, it can be really like, oh, I, I don't think that. And like, oh, that, that doesn't feel good. Or, oh, that, that's not me. But there can't be that element of judgment because it's not, it's not you on, on the level of who you think you are, but it's happening at a level that you're not even aware of, right? And it's, and it's manifesting in your ways of being. So not having any judgment with some of the thoughts that come up, right? And the thoughts that come up might not have any alignment with how you believe you are or how you live your life, 
right? So your intention isn't questioned. If you're like, you're like, oh, actually, like, hate this person. I feel like I, like, oh, I don't hate people. No, I don't, I don't hate, right? But you just, just letting yourself feel that and experience that and like see what's behind that, right? And explore it. So that, that solitude and exploring your thoughts without judgment uh, is a great, great step. Hiring a coach is probably one of the best things that you could do to learn how to do this stuff. Cause I can't, I can't give you the entire A to Z thing right now, right? With anybody listening, but um, that can be your first step at just getting quiet and not falling into the addictive behavior that, that that you fall into all the time and listening to yourself, if not hiring a coach. Mm -hmm. That's such good advice. Yeah. I have consistently worked with coaches as well. And I do believe that this kind of work is not meant to be done alone. You know, it's, we're meant, we're here as human beings to guide each other and to help each other through this journey. So if you do have the ability and you're listening to hire a coach, so, so powerful. And I love what you said about sitting in solitude and just being with your thoughts, because how often do we do that? You know, we're always watching Netflix or listening to music or on YouTube or creating content or whatever it is that we do, reading books. And for me, I know unless I consciously schedule in time and I'm like, I'm going to spend this time with just me in solitude, I'm always filling in that space and I have no white space in my life. So that is amazing advice that I hope everyone actually listens to. And, you know, being there with your thoughts and just allowing them to be there and asking yourself those questions. Like you said, the answers will come. And when I first started doing this, I was shocked. I was like, wait, I have all the answers, but I never knew it because I never even tried to ask myself, you know, like, oh, I'm so triggered right now. And I just, I'm going into my people pleasing mode. Like what's going on? What is, what is the motivation behind this? And what I found in my life was I always was trying to receive words of affirmation. And for me, I felt more loved and I felt good enough when I received words of affirmation from people. So I would do whatever it took just to receive words of affirmation, even though I wasn't setting boundaries and I was pleasing everyone and I wasn't putting myself first. But the second I asked myself and I figured that out, and then I had that awareness, I was able to notice the pattern and start to actually stop it. So even if you're listening to this and you're like, great, I don't have the funds to hire a coach. This is really powerful just to start doing this and like ask yourself the probing questions. And I think you'll be really surprised with what comes up. Yes, you absolutely will. And hundred percent. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that, that, that led me to another thought of it's, I, I think we're so quick to try to find answers everywhere else. We're so quick to like, Oh, I have this problem. Go to Google or I have this problem. Mm -hmm. Go to this forum or I have this problem. Let me go to dad or I have this problem. Let me go to mom. Right. Instead of just like letting yourself experience it and, and then trying to like get some answers within yourself. It's always just like, I need to go here. I need to go there. I need to go here. I need to go. I need to research and consume, 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 consume from all these different areas without even listening to, uh, to the self. And that's where the massive disconnect even started in the first place for whatever traumas that we're operating out of was uh, our disconnection with ourselves. And so when you start to reestablish that, that connection with yourself, you can actually start to manifest and bring in the things that you want. You can actually start to find more fulfillment in the things that you have. Uh, because if, if you don't, you're just, operating out of a place of unconsciousness, uh, animalistic, honestly, ways of being where you have no control over your life or understanding of what's going on. So mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is like not stopping yourself from the point of always wanting to go elsewhere first and go inward before you go anywhere else. Uh, and then after you've taken some time and you've got, become a little more stable in your thought process and belief system, then you can take from bits and pieces from other areas, right?
Right. You are your own Google search engine. That's like my favorite thing to tell people. Like you don't need to always go to Google, ask yourself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Google, but ask yourself first, try yourself. You'll be surprised at what you find. And it's just that I think most of our lives were taught to push away our own inner knowing and we're taught to push away our intuition, you know, but once we start beginning to trust ourselves again, like you said, you realize that you have all of the answers within you. And what you said kind of reminded me of what you're talking about, about authenticity and trust, because that is what a lot of this is, is learning to trust yourself and be authentic with yourself. And I know you said that's big on what you like to teach. So what does that mean for you to, to step into full trust and authenticity? And why is that so important? I think it's, it's stepping into a true place of honesty. Like honesty is like the big word, big word. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Like, like when you're caught in a conversation and you can't get out of it and you're talking to a person that just is extremely unconscious of how you're feeling and how you're being, it's like, and you're just like, wow, man, that's crazy. And after the fourth time saying, well, it's crazy. They still haven't picked up on the hint. Right. And being able to like stop in that moment and be like, how am I feeling? Okay. I'm feeling drained. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I have to go. Or, Hey, I can't be engaged in this conversation anymore. And, and having those, those tough moments of honesty with yourself, I'm not talking like excessive manic uh, vulnerability that a lot of people talk about. Like, Oh, I just need to spew how I'm feeling to everybody. And just like say how I'm feeling to everybody all the time. Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. It's just about in the moments when, when you feel a certain way that you need to speak in a way uh, that is like, it's like pushing. It's like, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. Being able to do that. Uh, and I, for me, the best example I can give uh, is in my, my coaching practice. I think when I first started there, I was really good at getting in touch with people and understanding people and knowing where they're at. But so much of the time I wouldn't allow the inner wisdom that I would have to come out because I'd be like, no, if I interrupt them or if I say something that, they might not resonate with that might, might mean they won't be my client anymore. That might mean they might tell somebody bad information about me. Right. So all these like limiting beliefs would come up. Uh, but when I first started to allow myself just to chime in when I felt like I needed to changes in my practice started were, were unbelievably. Right. Cause there'd be times I'm like, okay, if I say this, like if I, if I blurt out and just say, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> what are they going to think of me? But I'm like, I feel like I need to say that in this moment. So let me do it. And I'll say it and I'll be like, Hmm. What did I just say? I can't believe I just said that in my head. I'm like, oh no, oh no. And I'll, I'll be like kind of waiting for a response and then breakthrough, right? And I'm like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know what just happened. That was not something that I did. That was me just trusting something that was coming through me. And I was able to be honest with myself and how I felt in that moment, right? And so I think that's, that's really what it's all about is that stepping into honesty with yourself uh, of, of being able to do that. And now like, you know, I'm still working on it, but I, I think I've gotten really good at it. I'm just like, boom, felt it. This is it. Boom. Say it. That's exactly what needed to be said in that moment and trusting it. Right. And not judging it, not thinking three steps down the road of what's going to happen if I say this, or if I say that, or if I do this, or if I do that, because you'll never end up doing anything or you never end up saying anything and you won't end up doing what needs to happen. Right. And so you might create a manifestation for yourself, but if you get so caught up in, in the hows and, and whys and what I need to do next and this and that, like you're not ever going to be able to figure it out because it's so much outside of the realm of our understanding and you can't even begin to try to understand it. It's something that has to happen through you. And when you put the intention out there, 
it's going to happen if you allow it to happen. And whatever happens is happening for you. Whatever comes out of you is happening for you, right? And so being able to fully trust that and embody that fully is hard. It's hard, especially people pleasers. I come from that realm of things as well. So I can relate to you, Kristen, uh, on the people pleasing side. But like being able just to like trust those words and trust your actions, uh, even though it's scary and it's uncharted territory, uh, being that, that brutal honesty with yourself is what it uh, starts with. Right. And I know that it is so terrifying because I can totally relate to everything you're saying with the coaching and everything. And I think uh, basically what you're saying is kind of you have to get past your own thinking. Cause you said you would like feel this coming through you. I think is the way you described it, which is so much different than they're talking and you're thinking in your mind, what would be the best response? And just say A, B or C, but instead you're just letting your almost like gut instinct drive you. And like, that's right. That's what intuition is. And I always get the question, what's the difference between intuition and ego? And you just described it perfectly. Intuition just comes through you. It's like an instinct, but you just have to once again, learn to trust it. And I think that's where most people falter because we all have intuition. It's always there. It's just that most of us don't trust it. And I think learning to trust it is just a matter of doing it. Like you said, when you were like, I wanted to be like, what the fuck were you thinking? And you just let yourself say it. That is the process of learning to trust, right? Just kind of doing it. And then once you see it's a good outcome, then you suddenly have that trust and like, oh, wow, that worked. And then next time you're even better at listening to your intuition, right? Exactly. And, and the perfect, I always give this, my, this is my favorite example to give. It's like if you can imagine your intuition as a, a beaten down orphan in an orphanage, right? It's like for so many years, you've been denying your own ability to self-express. So you've been denying your own uh, ability to, to follow through or do something that you feel like you should do because of some kind of fears. And, and it's, with an orphan, it's like he's been beaten down and told he doesn't matter. Family doesn't care about him. Right? Hasn't been shown a lot of love. Hasn't been given a lot of love. And so there's not a lot of confidence there. So you can't expect your intuition to have a lot of power and confidence when it's never been fed into and poured into. Same with an orphan. You can't expect a, a small little orphan to come out and speak out about what he thinks or what he believes in. He's never been shown any love or shown any compassion. So in this process of you stepping into that place of being able to be honest with yourself and operate out of your intuitive sense, uh, it, it's a process of, of just allowing those little pieces to come out showing yourself love and gratitude when, when you were able to do that and just trusting in the process because it's not going to be easy. And you're going to be like, what was I thinking? I can't believe I said that. What was I doing? And then you're just going to do it. And it's like, whoa, that happened. And so those little boosts, like you talked about of like, okay, it might've been a good thing. Okay. It might've been a good thing. Okay. And in those continual things of, of that love that you show to yourself through being able to express your honesty and express your truth uh, allows that to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's going to be difficult at first, but if you pour in and feed into that little orphan and show him love and give him food and, and, and trust and faith that he does have the right direction, he does know what he's doing. Uh, he's going to be able to stand up and say how he feels. And it's the same thing with your intuition. That is such a good example. I got total body chills when you explained that the way you explained it. I've never heard it explained like that. That's such a good visual. Um, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think also it's important to understand that if you speak something from your intuition and it's not received well, that is also great, right? Because if someone leaves your life because you spoke from your intuition, you spoke from a place of trust and authenticity and honesty, that is the universe protecting you, right? That's your intuition protecting you. That person is not meant to be in your life. And I think 
understanding that will help to ease that fear. And I almost think of it like this, like filter process. When I am constantly listening to my intuition and constantly speaking from a place of authenticity instead of people pleasing, I know that not every single person is going to receive that in the way that, you know, that people pleasing version of me wants them to. And that is a great thing, right? That's actually the best thing ever. Because when I was a people pleaser, I, yeah, maybe I had like a million more contacts or friends or whatever, but a lot of it was surface level. Um, And so when you come from that understanding, I think it allows you to um, get rid of some of that resistance to actually trusting your intuition and acting on it. Yes. I, I think that's such a valuable fact right there. And when I say fact, I want to really emphasize that it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when you do stand up for yourself and uh, you're, uh, you're a motherfucker, show up like a motherfucker for your own heart <laughs> uh, in, a, in a way, you do know that the best is going to come from that, whatever it may be. Now, if you're, if you're not operating from that place, you're operating from that fear of like, oh, what are they going to say if I say this? Or, oh, what are they going to do if I do this? Uh, you can't be sure that you are what the best outcome is going to happen for you because you're not operating from that place of uh, true authenticity within yourself. So having that awareness that like, okay, I'm in this moment where I was fully able to be authentic, didn't really turn out the way I wanted to. uh, You can rest assured know that the best is yet to come for you uh, in that moment. But if you don't, you cannot be sure that the best is going to happen. Right. And, you know, for me in my life, what I actually found, because this was a really hard lesson for me. And when I did start being my authentic self and sharing, I did kind of like some friends kind of dropped out of my life in the beginning and that was okay. But what the amazing magical part was I had sent that energy out into the universe of like my authenticity and my honesty and showed myself that I trust myself. And I started to attract the most aligned people, like soul family connections on a level that I had never felt before. And so some people did leave. Yes, but I attracted the right people. And then what I've now found over a year later is that a lot of the people that left in the beginning have now come back, right? And they've come back and the things that push them away, they're now wanting to learn about and they're now accepting because they've seen me in my full expression. And so, yes, you might lose people, but you might also gain them back. And you will definitely, no matter what, gain the right kinds of people because We manifest what we are, not what we want. So you have to become authenticity if you want to attract authenticity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I felt that. I got the chills right there too, big time. That's that. You you said like the people might come back or show up back into your life. Uh, God, that's that's so true. And and even even places like if you feel like you have to leave where you're at or leave where you're from, like you, that's great. That's fine. Like follow that. You you might end up right back there. You might end up right back where you were. Like you don't know, but if you never actually take give yourself the chance to escape that relationship or escape that place that you're at or escape that way of thinking or being, you don't really know if that's where you should be or need to be. Um, so not only people, but also places. I, I I think about like Miami for me right now. Like I left, moved to Colombia for a year. I'm like, okay, I want to leave for a little bit. And I'm like, I came back here. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is right where I need to be right now. This feels good. And, and I'm rekindling some relationships and some art and I have a completely different perspective and outlook on life now that I'm back here. But uh, yeah, I think that was really, really powerful. What you just said is that just because you know, people leave in the meantime, doesn't mean they eventually won't come back. And when they do come back or the place do come back into your life, you know that there's a, a deeper purpose for that, right? Not mm-hmm. just because of 
your uh, social group or just because you're you're from the same place or whatever it may be it's because they're actually in aligned with 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 you at that time right and if they're actually in aligned with you that means you're going to have a deeper connection and yeah the places thing that's so true thinking about that in my life i've had multiple places um like when i lived in costa rica and left and i you know i'm i always feel that fear when i leave a place that felt like home but it always comes back, right? Like the same thing as people. Sometimes places will call you there again and you just have to trust the flow and understand that the universe knows better than you or your intuition knows better than you. And us silly humans always think we always know best, but we don't, right? Like I always like to think of it as um, if I had always gotten what I thought I wanted, I would not be where I am right now. And I like to think, you know, back to like, Every time I've ever had an ex-boyfriend, like in high school when I was 15, if I had gotten everything I thought I wanted, I would not be happy right now. That was not the right person. You can think about that with anything in life. If you're not getting the house you want or the place you want or the friends or the people, whatever it is, it's all happening for you in a way that you just can't see right now, which I think is just that understanding has changed my entire life. That allows me to be present and to kind of surrender to the moment, whatever that moment is bringing me. And I was also curious, I wanted to ask you, do you have any kind of spiritual practice that you follow? Do I have any spiritual practice that I follow? There's times when I feel called to certain things or way of being. And I think for a while I got caught up in the idea of routine and the idea of something that has to be done all of the time for it to be worth something or valuable. And I now like to operate of a place of more inspired action. And I, I think that's, that's more powerful for me. That's where I'm at, at least in this, this season of life. And so for me, if I feel like, wow, I, I want to pray, then I'm going to be fully emotionally uh, present in that prayer. And I, I might cry. I might like be like pouring into it, but it's really, really valuable. Um, same thing with like meditation. I, I really like to, uh, go based off the inspired action of it. But if you're just starting, it all depends on, I guess, your belief systems. And that's why I work with people that, I want to expand a little bit here, uh, with uh, that are Christians or people that uh, are atheists or, or Buddhists, whatever, different kinds of religions and ways of thinking. Uh, but really, all of it's used to come down to the place of being able to gain a better relationship with you uh, and shouldn't be used as a form of... Um, disconnecting yourself with yourself by making something else greater than the connection that you have with yourself. And so whatever practices that you have uh, that allow you to be quiet and gain a better connection with yourself and listen to yourself and then and how your truly authentic self is, is wanting to express, I think that's a super powerful spiritual exercise that you can do. But wrapping it up back to your question with the inspired act for me, Lately, I've been meditating a lot. Uh, I've been doing a lot of Joe Dispenza meditations. Oh, I love him. Uh, of um, chakra clearing exercises. Uh, and I love the, the meditations that he has of being able to visualize uh, certain areas of your body in space. Uh, and, and really disconnecting from everything that's outside and just going completely inside. Uh, allowing you to be able to essentially become nothingness, he says, uh, to be able to hear what's actually there has uh, been really, really powerful for me lately. So I've been really on that inspired kick of listening to the Joe Dispenza meditations. Uh, so I think he's really, really good. So uh, periodically, 
I'll, I'll, I'll pray. Um, there was uh, my girlfriend and I were, were praying every day at dinner too. So I would do that. Um, but it's, it's more an inspired action when I feel pulled to do a, a prayer. I feel pulled to meditate. I'll, uh, I'll do it. Yeah, Not super sexy answer, but it's just really good stuff. Prayer and meditation. Like, yeah, that's honest, yeah. authentic answer. And honestly, that's how it is for me too. I don't have a specific routine I follow because I used to. And what I found was I started to dread it uh, because I was forcing myself to do it at a certain time and follow this routine. And I have to do all of these five things every day, like gratitude journal. And I have to meditate for 20 minutes and I have to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, no, this should be like you said about connecting with myself and I should be loving this. It should be that white space time, that time to connect. So I think a lot of people have this misconception that you have to meditate every single day or you have to like journal every single day or whatever your practices are, but you don't. And I think it's way more powerful to do it when you feel inspired and to have that grace for yourself on days when you don't get to it or you just aren't feeling up to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, too, like, I think it's actually important to have days that you don't because it's, it's how do you know what love is? You never experience like, hate or extreme rejection like how do you know what what good is if you don't know what bad is like I think that's that's really important and how do you know what feeling really good feels like all the time if you forget what feeling like crap feels like all the time so sometimes you know we got to go binge and eat a bunch of food and then watch a bunch of movies now, if you're doing it all the time that that's different right but if you establish a relatively good practice of, of gratitude and prayer and meditation and stuff like just being able to get out of that routine and just go do some shit that's not uh, and enlightened, like just some, like addi- some kind of addictive behavior, yeah. like and give, giving yourself permission to do that, right? Like going out and if you want to go crazy and party and whatever one night, like if you feel pulled to do that and you're inspired to do that, okay, whatever, like that's fine, that's great. You're gonna wake up the next day and be like, now I know why I have some of the things that I do, <laughs> right? And, and it helps you get back in touch with the appreciation for it, right? And then now I'm not saying that that's what you need to be able to appreciate. I think eventually you do that long enough and you're like, okay, wow. Like I want to keep doing it. I really don't want to keep doing this to myself. I know what the other side feels like enough to, to stop doing that. But like, if you're not in that place and you're a place of like wanting to do that, that's cool. Like do it. You know, if you're intentional about it, cool. But don't expect it to give you something that it's not going to give you. Or right? if you go out and go crazy and, and do a bunch of drugs and, and drink, like be intentional about it. Say, Hey, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to go party and not think about anything for a night and I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow, but I'm making that choice, right? I'm not going to go party and do a bunch of crazy stuff and think that it's going to bring me something that it's not going to bring me, right? Try to find like heal a relationship or try to like heal emptiness inside of me through doing this crazy activity, right? So I think that's really important too. Like if you're going to do it, like have the idea that like, okay, this isn't going to bring me something good. Right. So, you know, you can expect how to feel if you do do it. Right. So I think it's also important to have that perspective of it as well, uh, that if you are going to be doing something that's that, you know, is probably going to make you feel the best, like saying that and acknowledging that, like, yo, like I'm choosing to do this and I'm going to feel like shit, but it's what I'm choosing to do. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like all about intention. Right. If you're sitting up with this intention that, you know, like you said, feeling some emptiness inside you or I don't feel good enough or I'm not, you know, happy enough. I'm going to go party versus being like, ah, you know, like I just want to have some fun with my friends and I know it's not going to be the best for me. Like that's totally different energy. (laughs) 100% completely different. And and you're right. You're going to be able to accept it too. You're going to be able to just like be present and just like 
having a good time. Maybe you have a couple more shots than, you know, you would have before, but like you have a great time, but it's fun because you're able to be present. You're not in your head and you're not trying to, to fill a void mm-hmm. with it, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. going to fill a void. It never will. Addictive behavior never will fill a void. Uh, it'll, but if you go into it with that idea, I love that you said like, yeah, I'm going to go with my friends and I'm going to have some drinks. And I'm going to have a damn good time. Uh, it's completely different energy. You're going to attract completely different people. And who knows, maybe you attract somebody that's going to bring you to a greater place of awareness than yourself during that time mm-hmm. that you're enjoying yourself and you're having fun. Like that's, that's really what at the end of the day is, is what it's all about. And I, I think that's the funny part is a lot of people take it really seriously. And, and, and it is serious to a certain extent, at least to like at the beginning when you're really diving into things uh, with yourself and understanding yourself. But like, you know, the best things tend to happen when you're enjoying yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to go get hammered and do a bunch of crazy stuff to enjoy yourself. But I'm sure you teach that all the time with with manifestation. It's like mm-hmm. being in that place of openness and and fun and playfulness. Uh, and there's something very enlightened about being in that place. And a lot of people, I think, in the you know enlightened spiritual community, uh, undermine that because they have this like super serious underlying perception of all of it and how it has to be like routine and you have to do this and you have to do that and da 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 da. And then you lose the whole whole picture of it right so being able mm-hmm. to have those those times and you give yourself permission to just to just to relax and be be human um and being that that open loving receptive place you don't know what's going to come from that yeah that's powerful and yeah for me i think a big part of this understanding that you're explaining which is so seriously so powerful because i was always feeling like I had to be stuck in one identity or the other. And I was like, what does a spiritual person look like? Well, they don't drink and they eat really healthy all the time. They eat only organic and they don't say bad words and they meditate for two hours a day. Right. And me trying to stick to this, I was going crazy. Um, I was, I was going insane, but I, I was always like, okay, this is my identity. And I was connecting who I was to like this version of me being spiritual or me being a partier, which I was for like a few years of my life where I was like partying all the time. And now it's like, no, I'm a multidimensional being and my identity has nothing to do with my spiritual practices or whether or not I drink alcohol or what I do. And so now I'm just like, I am this like eternal soul incarnated into a human body. And I'm going to have the experiences that I desire to have because my soul is on this vacation on earth in this human body for a very short period of time. And that helped me because as long as you are trying to project your identity onto practices or something that you're doing, it's going to become a chore and you're going to start to hate it. And it's no longer going to be, um, you know, growth for you. Oh my gosh. Just sit that and like feel that for a second. Wow. That is some powerful stuff right there. And really, I'm going to like say the short and sweet, uh, but trying to embody the identity of spirituality is neglecting the reason why you get into spirituality in the first place. Like you're, you're getting into spirituality is releasing identification from earthly form in a sense. Right. Uh, and who, who you think you are. And if you go from one way of being of that to the other with identifying as a spiritual person, you're just jumping right back into what you were trying to get rid of in the first place. Right. So uh, I think that's really at the end of the day, what, what so much of spirituality is, it's being able to step into that. You said that eternal being of who you are independent of the identity, independent of the ways of being that we think we should be. 
uh, or where we should be at or how we should think. Um, it's, it's a disconnect from all that other stuff. Yeah, So totally. I love how you put that because I, I think, you know, especially in the spiritual world, everyone's trying to get away from their ego. I think identifying as a spiritual person can almost be another form of ego. Like you said, you go from identifying yes. with, you know, whatever it is. And suddenly I'm a spiritual person and there's almost like this underlying I'm better than others because I'm more spiritual or I'm more humble or I meditate longer than you. And like, I'm not trying to put this kind of person down because that was me for a while before I realized mm-hmm. it. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. It's kind of just like disidentifying from all of that and just being like, I'm going to do whatever feels inspired and good and loving and expansive for me in this moment, regardless of whatever my ego wants to attach to as my identity. And that is the most freeing thing you could ever, you know, encompass, I think. Mm -hmm. 100%, 100%. And just one more piece with that is I think too, if you're at a place where you're, you're identifying with your spirituality, like that, that's totally great too, because a lot of the time, you know, what we have to do is we go from one end of the spectrum to the other to come back to the middle. Right. And I think that might be a natural progression for a lot of people uh, is that they're, they, they realize like, Oh my gosh, like the way I was living and the way I was being, I can't believe it. And like, I, I don't, I, I want to completely disassociate with everything that it means to be what I used to be. So I'm going to go way over here. Right. Cause I learned that this is better. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to fully embody this, right? which is, which is better than the other side. I would argue. I think that's a, that's a healthy step to take. Right, going to the other end of the spectrum, uh, but then, then when you're ready, having the awareness that, you know, the identification with that form isn't the end all be all, and that you eventually will come back to the middle in some way, uh, I think is is power to uh, powerful to know, definitely. But if that's where you're at, like that's a great place because like when you're in that place, you're like completely immersed in knowledge. You're like, oh my gosh, like how do I learn more? How can I how can I gain more wisdom and information? And that that's a really cool place to be in too because you're, you're you're exploring and you're learning and uh when you're in that almost like extreme way of thinking like it gives you some kind of like perspective that uh you might not otherwise have learned if you weren't extreme with it that's it right so that the full immersion in the way of being can be like pretty empowering in a lot of ways and it does and it's it's a natural next step to break away from the identification of who you once were but then acknowledge that you're, you're probably going to come somewhere back, back in the middle after you've learned what you need to learn. You're going to chill out a little bit and come back. Right. Yes. So many words of wisdom there. And um, I guess for anyone who is listening now, do you have any words of wisdom or tips or anything that you want to leave with everyone? I think a, a lot of people might, uh, at least men might shy away from so much of, uh, and I guess probably for a lot of men out there, the, the spirituality side of things, because there's this movement of spirituality. That's like, Oh, let's just all be soft. And let's just all just like express how we feel and just like sit in that forever and lose our masculinity and get rid of this toxic masculinity and just like go so far to this other end of the spectrum that, that we need to just become like little girls like 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 you know what i'm saying like there's this idea that so much spirituality is and like it isn't it's actually the opposite that might be a piece of spirituality that you have to come to terms with that being a little more open and vulnerable with, with how you feel is is healthy um, but really it's the most empowering thing you can do and it actually allows you to step deeper into your masculinity as a male or allows you to step in deeper into your femininity 
as a female. Uh, and you might have to go to one end of the spectrum a little bit to the other in the process. Uh, but it's ultimately going to allow you to step deeper into who you truly are at, at your core. Uh, and I can speak from my own personal experience. It's allowed me to step deeper into my masculinity. I, you know, did go to that place of like the extreme vulnerability for a little bit, but then it was able to come out of that because I, you know, learned deeper who I am, um, which is really powerful because I'm a man and my natural way of being is truly masculine way of being. And that's who I am at my core. And it, I would say the same thing for you is that you are a woman and your, your femininity is what, what makes you so beautiful and your ability to express that at its fullest uh, is so beautiful. And your ability to flow and to manifest at will by just going with what is like, that's a beautiful feminine trait. And that's what allows you to do what you do is because you've probably been able to step into your true element of femininity, uh, not like this overly submissive, pushover, people-pleasing uh, woman, but you probably had to go to kind of the other end of the spectrum a little bit in your masculinity. It'd be like, no, like maybe like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to talk to you or, Hey, like I'm not dealing with you. Like I'm going to do this. And I'm going to be like this. And, and, and that's how it might be for a little bit, but ultimately allows you to step deeper into who you truly are, which is a male, a masculine, a truly strong masculine male. And as a female, a truly um, beautifully divine uh, feminine female, and they're both at their purest version of understanding the other side uh, are what make a, makes us so powerful, loving, joyous beings. So I think that's really important to understand that you might go to the other end of the spectrum a little bit, and that's part of the process, but ultimately it's going to allow you to be more of who you really are at your core in the end. Mm, I love that, right? It's like the balance between the feminine and the masculine. And that can be really hard in the beginning if you're totally on one end of the spectrum, but finding that balance is magical. <laughs> yes. And it's comfortable too. It's yeah. like, wow, like I'm, I'm meant to be in this place of like, you know, making decisions and like, like, like strong, my strong mass energy, not afraid to do that, you know? And I think it's the same thing for the feminine. It's like, Hey, like I am beautiful in my flowingness and my ability just to create and my intuition, like they're beautiful, beautiful feminine traits that, and a lot of women are, are afraid to fully step into, right? Because of, because of fears, uh, same thing with men, afraid to step into a lot of their true masculinity because of uh, fears as well. So, yeah. Thank you for that. That was just a beautiful piece of advice. I really appreciate that. And I am sure now everyone after listening to this episode is dying to know how they can connect with you and how they can hire you and work with you and learn more from you. So where can everyone find you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a very uh, open season on social media, so I haven't been terribly active on there. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, kian.loggy. I'm sure you'll put the, the spelling of that in the notes yeah. as well. It's a very difficult name to, to understand. But um, also Facebook, Kian Loggy, but also, I mean, feel free to text me. Like if, if, you, feel, you, know, if you feel pulled and, and you, uh, you feel like it's, it's being honest with who you are and you really want to message me, my phone number is 605-759-3092. And I'd love to be able to have a conversation with you. Uh, I know it can be, can be intimidating, but if you feel pulled to do it, I'll be more than happy to, uh, to talk and, and talk through whatever it is that uh, you feel pulled to talk about. So Wow. That is amazing. I hope you get a lot of texts. I'm sure some people will reach out to you because that was such a powerful episode. I cannot believe how much we covered. So thank you so much for all of that and for bringing the authenticity and the honesty and all of it. I 
love it. This brought so much good, amazing energy to me. And us be able to share the space, like, and share this information. Oh my gosh, that was phenomenal. It's going to be a lot, a lot of processing for anybody listening. It's going to be a lot of information. So if you weren't able to fully take all of it in, then that's okay too. Yeah, it's totally okay.